Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Wheatful Woman podcast. I am so grateful you're here. Today on our Wheat and Honey Co. Instagram account, we posted a graphic that said, my authentic self is my superpower. And I want to start this episode today right there with you all. My authentic self is my superpower. Me allowing you all to know the behind the scenes and my heart and what the Lord is teaching me, where I'm uncomfortable and where I see his strength is my superpower. And when I step into that and I allow you all to see that side, that's where the magic is. That's where we can relate with one another. That's where we can meet one another where we are. And that's where the Lord can get all of the glory for this podcast. So today I want to start this episode by telling you all where I am. It is a Friday morning at 11 a.m. I planned on having this entire season batched and recorded over a week ago, and the Lord just keeps stirring in my heart to be patient, to wait for His wisdom and His discernment to come and to speak through these episodes. So it is Friday morning. I have plans to let a dear friend of mine use podcast equipment, and today's my last day to get these episodes done. So I sat at my dinner table last night with my husband. He came home from work and he just said, Britt, what's wrong? He calls me sunshine. He said, sunshine, what's wrong? And I just looked at him almost with this glazed expression. And I told him, nothing. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. He said, what's wrong? I said, I'm just exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm really tired. I'm really tired. This podcast is one of the most stretching things I have ever done in my career. It's a new thing that I'm doing for His glory. I'm stepping out in faith and I'm asking the Lord, Lord God, I much prefer to speak with women when I can see their faces versus looking at this foam sound wall, my computer screen with these fun little squigglies that pop up as I say words. God, I much would rather to see their faces, to see that we get each other, that what I'm sharing not only speaks to my heart, but it speaks to theirs too, that we can relate with one another, that we can love one another, that we can come together as women and be empowered through who our God is. God, that is much what I prefer. But can I tell you something? We were made equipped and capable to do hard things because of him. Any one of us can know him, speak his truths, and do hard things because it is all right here. I'm putting my hand on my Bible as I'm saying that. It is all right here in his word. It is all right here. I'm pointing to my heart. It's all right here in our spirit because his Holy Spirit guides us. We can do hard things we can do hard things. And as we do hard things, we can be authentically ourselves. And that is our superpower because that is where he gets the glory. Today, we're talking about unity. 
and today's song is Simple Gospel by United Pursuit. I encourage you to pause the episode and listen to that song now to begin our time together in worship, or if you prefer, you can listen to that song following the conclusion of this episode. I will put it in our show notes for you all. Today, as we talk about unity, I want to talk about what it looks like to be Christ-like. We were made in God's image. And today, as we talk about unity and being one and being with and for one another, that all starts with being Christ-like. And I've broken this episode today down into three subcategories of what it looks like to be Christ-like. The first is fearing God. The second is loving our neighbor, being kind. And the third is loving ourself. So we'll start with talking about fearing God. Proverbs 9.10, the ESV translation says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs 8.13, ESV says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Fearing God is believing in the simplicity of this battle of good versus evil, of light versus dark, of kindness versus hatred. And I want to start there because I would be willing to bet there is not one woman listening to this episode that does not believe in good, in light, and in kindness, overpowering evil and darkness and hatred, fearing God in the pursuit of unity and abundant life is an invitation. Fearing God is an invitation to the one and only abundant life. Are you tired like I am? Are you tired of fighting? Are you tired of wrestling? Are you tired? Are you tired? Life with Him is abundance of all the good things. Why do we fight it? So I just want to play out this devil's advocate in my head, this devil's advocate scenario in my head. I think it's healthy as Christians to be curious. It's healthy as Christians to be curious, to ask questions, to want to understand for our faith to be our own. Because in those questions and in that pursuit of who God is and what He says to be true is where we come to know Him in a unique way that no one else knows Him. So if you haven't been told before, I want to encourage you in wanting your faith to be your own. Not just believing what you're told to believe, but believing it for yourself because God has told you it to be true. If you have questions, if there are parts of truth that you think, gosh, God, I just don't know. I don't know. I want to encourage you to find people that you can trust to process those things with. Because I know that when we, when we have questions and when we want understanding, When we're just not sure, God meets us there and he shows us why we're supposed to be sure. So for my friend out there that thinks, gosh, I just, I don't know, Britt. I believe in being kind. I believe in loving my neighbor. I believe in good versus evil. I believe in all those things, but I'm just, I'm not so sure about this God, about the God. I'm not so sure. I just want to play out this scenario in your head that has come across to my mind on a handful of occasions. Worst case. Worst case. We live a life showing kindness to our neighbor, following the only true God. And I want to play this out for you. What other idol or quote-unquote God 
chose to walk among us, live a perfect life despite trials and tribulations. What other God did that for you? What other God humbled himself to take the form of man and to walk on the soil that we walk on because he loved you that much? What other God, quote unquote God, got on our level like that because he loves us? Worst case, worst case we're wrong. We lived a life loving ourselves and loving others before anything else and fighting darkness with light. I just want to challenge you to think about that for a minute. If you're somebody that thinks, I just don't know. I just don't know. I want to challenge you to think about that for a minute because I think everybody can relate and everybody can agree that we want unity. We want kindness. We want peace. We want love. It conquers all. So can I just encourage you, if any of that challenged you just now, I want to encourage you to think that way. Enter right there. Be curious. Seek understanding and take it to the Lord. Read his word. Spend time with people that know him, that their words and their actions show Christ-like kindness, patience, love, and spend time in prayer talking to God and asking him to show you who he is, and he will. Fearing him and awe-filled reverence, God, we respect you. We respect you and we love you. And there is no other that I want to have control over my life but you. When we understand how we're called to view him and putting him in his proper place as our God, our only God, then we learn how to love ourselves and others through a lens of how he has first loved us. Once we know how to fear God in awe-filled reverence and we see what Christ-like means, If we know our God, then we're walking with Him in a living, breathing relationship. In an abundant relationship, we begin to see what it looks like to love our neighbor. How God loves our neighbor and how we're supposed to love our neighbor. Luke 10, 25-37 ESV says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Matthew seven twelve ESV says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Are our actions pleasing to God? When we get to heaven, how will we explain the ways we loved others? Will our explanations of our life be pleasing to our Savior? Or will we be ashamed? Loving others, being kind, is the secret sauce to activation of our faith. Taking the focus off of ourself and onto others opens a side of our heart that is more fulfilling than anything that happens as a result of thinking about ourselves. Love others. Show up for the people in your life like you want them to show up for you. Extend grace and patience and pursue your relationship with the Lord for a reminder of your worth and who you are so that nothing on this earth, no relationship of our flesh, 
has influence over who God says we are, but instead we get to love the people in our life. We get to love our neighbor in overflow and abundance of who God says we are and what we know to be true. The last leg of being Christ-like, after we have acknowledged that we fear our Lord, we are in awe of who our Lord is and who our God is, who he says he is and who he showed us to be. We've activated our faith in a way that is more fulfilling than anything that just has to singly do with us because we know how to love our neighbor. And we know how to love our neighbor in abundance and overflow because God has already given us everything that we need. We are already satisfied in Him, and therefore we're able to love others in abundance and overflow. Not in a space of needing validated, not in a space of needing affirmed or assured, but we are already full in love in who God says we are. And then we're able to love our neighbors and overflow of that. The third, be kind to yourself. We are made in Christ's image. How might we love ourselves differently and view ourselves differently? Know that we are enough because of Him. When we view ourselves as made in Christ's image. Not made in Brittany's image, in Christ's image. Genesis 1.27 ESV says, So God created man in His own image, and the image of God He created them, male and female He created them. Only He can show us who we are, not our flesh or anyone that walks this earth. Only He can show us who we are. Everything good in us is Him. This is good news. There's conviction and recognizing that we have free will. We have free will to choose Him or not to. But in choosing Him, control is not ours to have. That is good news. What a loving God that we have free will. You get to choose. You get to choose if you believe His truths to be true. You get to choose if you live a life and walk a life knowing He is the God and your God and that He loves you and that He has shown a display of this love unlike anything that we can understand that is so supernatural. There's a conviction of that free will because it's our choice. He says, I've done all these things to show you my love for you. And the world is really messy and dark, and it's your choice. In choosing Him, we get the good news that control is not ours to have. Obedience is our responsibility. We're called to be obedient and walking with Him. And it's a battle. It is a battle to know Him. Even when we know the truth and we know how good He is. Even when we believe what His Word says to be true to be true. Even when we have encounters with His Holy Spirit that are so supernatural that you just know. I am but a tiny fragment piece of the puzzle. Yet He knows me fully, loves me fully, is with me and is for me. And I get to live in eternity with Him forever. I'm this tiny, tiny piece. But He sees me so fully. And loves me through his unfailing love as my father. Obedience is our responsibility. Control is not our responsibility. We can't determine our outcomes, but we have control over being obedient. God, I just want to know you more. I just want to know you more, God. I don't have control over my business. I don't have control 
over this podcast. But you know what that control would look like if I tried to have it? It would look like worrying. It would look like over-planning. It would look like living in fear. And then on the flip side, when things go my way, it would look like celebrating that I worked hard enough to achieve that. That's why control's not mine. Because none of those things are real. In the good and in the bad, none of those things are real. But you know what is? Showing up, creating new products, shipping Lent studies, recording podcast episodes, speaking to groups of women, coaching female faith-based small business owners, showing up and saying, God, your will be done. I'm going to give this everything I have for your glory. And I know that you work all things together for my good and for your glory. That's Romans 8, 28. He works all things together for our good and for his glory. What more could we seek but to know that we have an advocate that is all-knowing and all-loving and he sees us and he wants things to work for our good. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to live in abundance. Colossians 3.10 ESV says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We're renewed. We're restored. Every day is made new. We get to know him more. The more that we rest in his presence, the more that we seek him, the more we surround ourselves with community and friends that are our iron and sharpen us and challenge us and spur us on. The more we know about him, the more that we can walk in Christ's likeness because we were made in his image and we are equipped. Life is really heavy. It's really heavy. And just when you think you've hit a stride, bam. <laughs> bam. There's sadness, there's grief, there's sorrow, there's fear, there's anger, there's hatred, there's evil. Some days it feels like I'm just staring at the gates of hell. Sometimes it feels like the evil one is prowling and we're just letting him. No amount of lies and darkness and evil and hatred can silence him. No amount of lies and darkness and evil and hatred can silence our God or create a void between us. No amount of evil and darkness can create a space in our relationship with our God where we cannot reach him, where we cannot know him, where we cannot choose him. From personal experience, those evil things do something to my heart where I draw even more near to him. And in those moments, I just, I just get overwhelmed and I think, Satan, you think you had me but you actually allowed me to know my God more. What? What disbelief is stronger than that belief? That's what I want to ask here. When we face something really ugly and evil and dark, and we experience abundant life in the darkness, how do we not believe that our God is bigger and he is better and he is fuller. The parts of us that we don't like, that we aren't proud of, the ugliness of this world, the things of our flesh that absolutely break his heart, they break our God's heart. They're opportunities for good, for light, for kindness. It's an invitation. That free will that I was talking about, we get to use that. 
We get to choose to embrace his holy light and love and to bring good out of bad. He desires for all things to work together for our good and his glory. Romans 8, 28. It's in his word. He desires for all things to work together for our good and his glory, no matter what it is that we are staring at. I want us to think about the parable of the weeds in the field from Matthew 13. Here Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. And while the man was sowing good seed in his field, an enemy came and sowed weeds. I can relate to that. God, I'm doing my best. And the reality of our fallen world is the enemy is going to come in the night to kill and destroy. We were told that. The enemy is going to come. He is going to prowl. He is going to come. And here in this parable, it says, while they were sleeping, he came. Then the servant said, do you want us to go and pull them up? Do you want us to go and fix this? Do you want us to go and pull them up? He says, no. While we pull up the bad, we may pull up the good. So we're going to be still. These are my words here. The Lord uses this word stillness over me to remind me. Peace be still, Brittany. Peace be still. The enemy came and he planted these weeds. We're not pulling them up. We're going to be still. Matthew 13 goes on to say, Let both grow together. This is verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. In verse 36, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him to explain this parable. Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And I'm just going to read this verbatim for you all. Verse 37 says, He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds were pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. Verse 43 says, Then the righteous will shine like the sun, and the kingdom of their Father. He who hears, let him hear. Those words, he who hears, let him hear have been popping up a lot as I've been preparing for this season of the podcast, and I want us to receive that charge. He who hears, let him hear. He who believes, let him believe. Being filled with this faith, being a believer, knowing our Lord, understanding truth is supernatural. It's the greatest invitation of all time to live in a state of the fullness of love, kindness, and peace that almost creates a numb sensation of our bodies, clarity of our minds, and burning passion in our hearts. Do you want that as badly as I do? Maybe you're somebody that hears me say those things, and it's very familiar. You have felt the Holy Spirit move in your life. You know the Lord, and He has been with you in times of trouble, in times of sorrow, and in times of celebration. Maybe you're somebody that hears me say those things, and it just doesn't quite make sense. If that's you, you're on my heart today. Sister, you are on my heart today. If I say that and you think, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. My prayer today is that you see this invitation of this abundant life a little bit differently today and in a way that feels warm and whole and pure and kind. 
I invite you not to let that feeling and that invitation slip by, but to sit there for a minute. Maybe turn on some music. Maybe turn on our song for today and just listen to those words and let those words wash over you. Maybe it's calling up a friend that you trust that knows the Lord and asking questions or just asking for prayer over your relationship with the Lord that is yours. Or maybe it's talking to the Lord. Maybe it's giving your life to Him. Maybe it's saying, God, I want to know you more. I let you into my life and into my heart and I trust you. And I believe your word to be true. Whatever that is, I just, I invite you to bask in that. And that all filled reverence and respect and in love. Just rest in that holy space with the Lord and he will meet you there. Matthew 10, 28 ESV says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. God values your soul. He wants to capture your heart and he wants your heart to know him. 1 John four eighteen ESV says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. His love is perfect. It is the only expression of pure, full, unfailing love, kindness, peace, strength, protection that we will ever experience. Matthew 12, 30-32 says, He who is not with me is against me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's convicting. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not believe my word, he who does not choose to walk in light, is against me. I want to revisit Matthew 13, verses 40 through 43 that we just spoke about a moment ago. And as we sit in this awareness from Matthew 12, 30 through 32, he who is not with me is against me. Let's think about this in Matthew 13, verse 40. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. If you are not for me, you are against me. Verse 41. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out His kingdom. They will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping. At the end of verse 43, it says, He who has ears, let him hear. That's for us today. He who believes in me, let him believe. I believe that's what he's saying to us today. Matthew 12, 33-35 speaks of out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of how we know him and love him. At our core, From that heart posture is where we speak and where we act. How do our words and our actions show that we have him in our heart and we choose him? We're responsible for our words. We're responsible for our actions. Matthew 12, 35 says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. I know good and evil are serious words, guys. I know that they are heavy But that's the reality. And this feeling that's washing over us where we feel convicted and we feel condemned, it's for good. Because God wants us to understand the severity. There is a heavy responsibility placed upon us as women that know Him and love Him. How are we being obedient and being a light? Not only seeing that light that He is, but embracing it and allowing Him to use us for our good and His glory. 
Verse 36 says, But I will tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Our words matter. Our heart posture matters. Psalm 17, 6-7 says, Show the wonder of your great love. He hears us. The wonder. We get to bask in the wonder of his great love. It's so great that we can't even wrap our arms around it. We get to try, but we can't even comprehend it because we have never seen anything of our flesh that even comes remotely near his eternal and unfailing love. And something that's so beautiful about that is that he chooses to hear us. He hears our prayers. He hears the cries of our heart. He sees us. He knows us. He fully knows us and he fully loves us. Matthew 13, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I'm giving up everything for this great love. I'm giving up everything for him. To follow him. To know him. And when I slip up to humble myself... And allow him to use darkness for his glory. And in doing all those things, he works for my good. He saved us, guys. The heaviness of this world, the ugliness, the darkness, the evil. We've already won. We have a guide. He sends his Holy Spirit to be our guide. He knows us fully, he loves us fully, and we have a guide to step forward today for our good and his glory. How many times can I say that today? It must be true. It is true. He's the God that made the heavens and the earth, and he has your back more than anyone else. He loves you more than anyone else. He protects you and equips you in a way no one can understand. We will never understand it, but we want to. We believe it. We feel it. We know it to be true. Do we really believe our worst case scenario is greater than that? Our greatest fear, our greatest insecurity, our greatest battle. Do we really believe that that worst case scenario is greater than our God? Why do we fight this truth of his unfailing love and abundant life? Psalm 18 Verses 1 through 15 shares with us David's deliverance from his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he sang these words that I encourage you to look up and to read and praise of who our God is because he's gone before us and he's delivered us from our enemies. I'm going to read part of this over us. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn. The horn here symbolizes strength. The horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. They overwhelmed me. Cords of the grave coiled around me. Death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. I don't know your relationship or maybe a desired relationship that you don't have right now with our God, but I do know there is nothing greater than knowing him. Why do we fight it? Why do we fight kindness? Why do we fight perfect love? Why? I pray today over any hearts that do not know him, that have been hurt by the church, Christian friends. I pray that evil one would not win when he prowls. I pray light would overcome darkness. I pray women that know him and love him and follow him 
would be light, and every word that leaves their mouth an action displayed. When we, Christian women, fall short, I pray our God and the display of His love would be greater than our shortcomings. I pray we would lay our pride to the side, surrender control, and allow Him to shine so brightly. It's such a vibrant light, it almost appears silver and gold. God, we need you. We want kindness, love, and patience to take over this world because you're leading it. Help us to push back darkness, evil, hatred, and ultimately the gates of hell. Lord, we submit the desires of our heart and the acts of our flesh and the words off our lips to you. God, thank you for choosing us, for saving us, and for believing we and our brokenness can be used to bring your kingdom glory. Amen. Amen, Lord, we love you. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. And I pray today that you feel fuller than when you came, that you know our God more. And as a result of knowing him more, I hope, I hope that you love yourself and you love your neighbor more as he has first loved us. We have three more episodes coming up in this season, episode 10 on idolatry, episode 11 on adversity, and episode 12 with my husband, Michael Goff, on intimacy with our God. I'm excited for these last three episodes. I hope that this season is blessing you. If you haven't already, I invite you to listen to Simple Gospel by United Pursuit. It's our song for this episode, and I know that it is going to nurture you and love you, and I just know where God's going to hold you through it. I pray that these words would just wash over you and that you would have a space and a time that is so intimate and delicate and special with Him as you listen to this song. I'll catch you guys next week. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to catch you next time.